Welcome to the You Should Know This podcast by BCC Research. Our podcast features innovative companies and individuals who are working to shape, disrupt, and revolutionize not only their own industries, but also the way we'll live and work in the future. Each week, we talk to visionaries whose work is something you should definitely know about. Now, here's your host, Clara Mowit. Hello and welcome back. I'm your host, Clara Mawad, and as a content specialist for BCC Research, I'm excited to bring you along as we talk to the companies and individuals who are leading us into the future. Today, we're stepping into the world of cybersecurity, home to hackers, AI technology, and a digital battlefront. And there's no better way to approach this industry than by talking to today's guest, Synac. Built on a vision to revolutionize cybersecurity through the combination of human and artificial intelligence, Synac has created an effective and scalable crowdsourced solution. With us today is co-founder and CEO, Jay Kaplan. Jay, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. So before we dive into Synac itself, could you give us a brief background on yourself and how you got into the cybersecurity industry? Sure. If I back up... um quite a few years when I was uh, about 14, 15 years old, I started um, a shared web hosting company. And that basically means um, we helped companies get online um, if they were looking to establish a, a web presence. This is before the times of you know, Wix or Amazon AWS or any of these very simple solutions, Squarespace, et cetera, um, where they would basically create a web website and would pay for, for, for space to, to bring it online. Um, and one of the most fascinating things um, about that job to me was actually uh, the security implications of being online. We had several customers that were actually breached while they were being hosted on our servers. Um, and I found it fascinating. You know, how, how, did that, how could something like that happen? What could we do to protect them? Um, and I think that really started my fascination um, and, and frankly obsession with cybersecurity. Um, to the point where I started doing a lot of research on my own. And I've always been a computer geek since since a long time ago where I was coding and tearing apart computers. But um, I think the security side of it really was, I knew was going to be my future. Um, and if I fast forward a little bit through when I started um, looking at universities, I was introduced to a program called the CyberCorps program, which is run by the Department of Defense and the National Security Agency where they effectively pay for your school um, and in turn you go work for them afterwards. It's kind of like ROTC for cybersecurity nerds. Um, and I was accepted into that program, um, went to school in Washington, D.C., and then ultimately joined um, the National Security Agency um, uh, after, after college, after um, uh, working for them for a number of internships. And it was at the National Security Agency where I really... Uh, learned most of what I know today about some of the most modern and sophisticated attacks. Um, it really gives you a perspective of how state agencies are approaching, um, you know, uh, gathering intelligence from foreign adversaries, whether that's terrorist organizations or just um, nation states of interest. And I think that passion ultimately translated into the business that we're running today. Awesome. And let's take a second to talk about the NSA. 
I know I can speak for the general public when I say the NSA is shrouded in this perception of being this all-knowing organization that is at the forefront of these issues. Having worked for them, would you say that that's an accurate depiction of who they are? So the NSA is a pretty mysterious place. Um, every single person that works for the organization has a top secret security clearance with access to special compartmentalized information, meaning that is the highest security clearance you can get in the federal government. Um, and the reason for it is they are working on some pretty fascinating projects um, dealing with a variety of issues. Um, 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 the NSA at the time had two primary uh, missions, one being uh, defending the, the the government and critical infrastructure from cyber attacks, the other being to gather in, uh, intelligence that would help help our decision makers and and prevent us from um, being attacked by our adversaries. And uh, ultimately, I, I think that while it is a mysterious place, it is still a government agency, just like any other government agency, um, with a lot of bureaucracy and a lot of people working for it, but a lot at stake. Um, but, you know, as a super technical guy that was very interested in cybersecurity is probably the best place I could have possibly landed. Um, uh, and even within the NSA, given that there's tens of thousands of people that work there, um, you know, making sure that I was with the right organization was really important. Fortunately, um, I landed in their, their, the part of the organization that deals with hacking. Um, and I was essentially a hacker for hire for the government um, and received lots of training for that. And it certainly opened my eyes to, you know, what, what government agencies can do when they are given the latest and greatest tools, techniques, capabilities, and it enabled me obviously to work with some of the smartest people that I've ever had the privilege of working alongside. That is awesome and sounds very intriguing. Um, and was it while you were doing this work that you noticed some um, issues within the cybersecurity industry as a whole, or were you just more inspired to kind of go out and co-found Synac. I think one of the things that you gain an appreciation for pretty quickly working in this job is how vulnerable the world is and how um, a lot of the solutions on the market that deal with helping organizations understand their overall security posture and, and, and protect them from sophisticated attackers like myself um, were not really scaling with the times. And so I, I really, I think that perspective led me to conceptualize the idea behind Synac, um, where we could take advantage of the best talent around the world, uh, couple that with a um, technology platform that we built and create a just better solution for our customers to understand where are the vulnerabilities in their environments, their IT environments that are ultimately going to lead to a major data breach and get them into the headlines that they are all trying to avoid. Um, and you know, I think the, the work that I did in SA definitely was the genesis behind the idea. And it gave me just a different perspective on this landscape that I think a lot of companies just don't understand fully. Got it. And we're, we'll jump into the technical side in a second, but you've described yourself as a hacker. And I know that um, Synac employs what you call ethical hackers. Um, once again, when I think I can speak for the general public, when we hear hacker, we automatically think of, you know, Hollywood portrayals of, um, you know, the bad guy who 
gets hired by the good guy to take out a larger threat, movies like Sneakers with Robert Redford and even Black Hat with Chris Hemsworth. Now, does this represent the, you know, the people that make up your team, how you see yourself, or is this term just used in a very, um, what would, you know, a very dramatized way in Hollywood? Yeah, I think the perception of the term hacker has really shifted over the course of the last five to 10 years. Um, I, I do still think it carries a negative connotation to most of the general population. Um, when someone hears the term hacker, they immediately think of that person wearing a hoodie, sitting in a dark basement and you know hacking by day, or hacking by night and sleeping in, during the day. Uh, the reality is um, you, the term hacker has become highly professionalized. Um, and when you stick the word ethical in front of it, you immediately understand that that person is actually hacking for good. They're trying to help a company or organization figure out, you know, if a bad person was to go do something, how would they do it? Um, and so the the idea of a white hat hacker or ethical hacker, the two words are, are kind of synonymous, um, I think can't stem from the fact that organizations realize they can't just rely on tools um, or just normal IT professionals to, to configure things properly. They really needed people to think outside of the box and really creatively about if they were to try to break in and steal sensitive information, how would they do it? Um, and so for those in the industry, um, whether that's in the IT industry or, or the cybersecurity industry, as you know, more and more corporations are establishing chief security officer roles and people who are solely focused on cybersecurity, um, the, the, I think the term hacker has really shifted into something that they realize they can use for good. Um, and I think that's a, a really good thing, obviously, for our business. For sure. And is there, do you have a particular criteria that people come to you or where do you find I mean, I assume based on what you're saying that it's just kind of a job position that then people would apply for more than you going out and searching for particular people who are very good at this. Yeah, well, let, let me tell you a little bit more about um, our business and, and how we operate. So we, we leverage a worldwide network of the top most um, skilled ethical hackers. We're now in over 85 different countries. And we utilize them to ultimately find vulnerabilities across our customer base. And we do this in more of a crowdsource fashion and that these aren't people who work full-time for us. We are, they're actually uh, working on a, in a freelance capacity. Um, the way that we pay them is very unique in that they actually get paid for performance. So when they are successful at uncovering a security flaw in an organization, we then pay them um, our version of a bounty for that finding. Um, and we also have other structures that we, we, we compensate them for. But all that to say is that before a ha uh, an ethical hacker joins our community, they go through a very rigorous process. Um, first and foremost, they have to find us, but we are very well known in the community as, as having arguably the most elite ethical hacker group in the world. Um, and you know, I think word of mouth spreads quickly in this community and everyone is aware of it and everyone really wants to be part of it. Uh, we do accept roughly 10% of the folks that apply to be part of this community. And, and the reason for that is we are looking for the best of the best. Um, and people that we can ultimately trust. And so we put them through an evaluation consisting of a practical exam where we are assessing their skills, um, 
we put them through a, a trust assessment where we are, are looking and making sure that they have a clean criminal record and um, we do interviews with every single one of them. Um, and then we even put them on probation when they join uh, to make sure that they are productive and they're as good as you know we think they are. Um, and so there's a pretty long process that they have to go through before they can be part of this ethical hacker community that we call the Synac Red Team. Um, and once they are with us, they have an ability to make some real money. Um, and I think that's that's the strong appeal here. Um, it's giving them an opportunity to hack on targets they would never have access to otherwise because we remotely connect them to some of the largest corporations and government agencies in the world. <coughs> and we uh, give them ability to, to really make money. Uh, we have hackers in our community that have made over a million dollars with Synac. Um, and so it's, a, it's an exciting value proposition for them. And it's an exciting value proposition for our customers that are trying to leverage talent that they would never traditionally have access to. Because frankly, it's incredibly hard to hire this sophistication of um, white hat hackers. Uh, they're, they're just in such high demand today. And I think that really speaks to the innovation that Synac brings to this industry as a whole. I mean, that's such a creative way of addressing that um, for both the hackers and your clients. Um, and I know that that is one half of, or one side of the coin, if you will. Um, you, Synac also speaks to uniting technology and human intelligence. So can you speak to the role that artificial intelligence plays in your company and how do you integrate that? Of course. So um, what we realized very early on is that while hackers are incredibly good at what they do and they, they will create the most creative ways of, 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 of finding vulnerabilities in an organization and, and, and attacking those organizations, ultimately in order for us to scale, we needed to somehow automate some of that activity and find the low hanging fruit, not using the people, but, but leveraging a technology stack that we've built since the early days. Um, and so we really tried to figure out how can we learn um, how our, our hackers are doing what they do, build that into technology, find the vulnerabilities more programmatically and only leverage the hackers either for verification that something is a legitimate issue or for finding the issues that can't be automated. And so it's really about kind of orchestrating this, this um, paradigm between machine and man and, and, and really having the two work in tandem to uh, scale and create as comprehensive of a solution as we can for our customers. If you, if you think about it, we are actually testing our customer systems um, not on just a point-in-time basis, which was kind of the old way of doing things, uh, but we're testing things continuously, um, just like the adversary is. They're not going to just, you know, test, try to find a, a vulnerability uh, for a few hours and then move on. They'll do this over a few weeks until they finally find an, a flaw or an issue. Um, in that same way, we wanted to make sure that as companies were updating their code bases, as infrastructure was changing, um, we were on top of those changes and making sure, sure new, new security flaws were not introduced into those environments. And so in order for us to scale, we couldn't just throw bodies at the problem. We had to have a technology stack that enabled us to be more scalable. And that is really the whole genesis behind um, kind of the, the AI component um, that, that learns from the, the hacker community. Oh, that is so cool. And so kind of combining these two, if you will, um, I know that Synac has a three pillar system, Hydra, Apollo, and LaunchPoint, which 
I love those names. So cool. But can you explain like the way that the system works and how they build on each other to provide this, you know, complete cybersecurity product? Sure. So LaunchPoint was developed in order to give uh, our customers a better sense of control and visibility into what our hackers are doing. Um, so that is really our um, gateway in the cloud that all of our hackers are, are, are working through um, so that we are really sitting in the middle of those engagements and we're able to kind of audit the, the activity of those hackers and give our customers more confidence that, um, yes, these people are all over, all over the world. They are connecting to your systems remotely, but we do have control. Um, now, we, we obviously use that information as well to inform our uh, automated component, which, which is, is basically responsible for finding the vulnerabilities programmatically. That is, that is the Hydra system. Hydra um, operates in a few flavors depending on the type of environment that we are assessing, whether that's an application that's sitting on a website, um, whether it's on your mobile device, or whether it's a, you know, a cloud environment, we're able to assess all of those different environments for security flaws. Um, and then we, we will leverage Apollo to kind of get rid of the false positives. Um, it's a very common issue in cybersecurity where a lot of alerts are generated and issues um, come up through automation that aren't relevant to a customer um, because they're they're um, either just not high uh, priority enough or they just are, are, are a false positive. And Apollo helps us get rid of those false positives and also learns over time. So those three components really work together to enable Synac to be much more scalable and to enable our customers to get a better long-term product that is operating continuously across all of their IT environments. Got it. And then out, just purely out of curiosity, was there, what's the inspiration behind the names? Um, you're going to have to ask our CTO. I believe it comes after um, some comic books or uh, uh, there, there definitely is a reason that these are the names, um, but uh, I'll have to defer to him on, on the rationale. We have a lot of interesting names at the company. Um, funny enough, we, you know, coming from the government world where there are code names on everything that you do, um, we we kind of took took that with us to Synac, and every single one of our customers' names also is assigned a co a, a cover term, um, so that we are never referencing a customer. Uh, by name when we're talking about them in an email or on a phone call. Um, we keep all of their information incredibly private and confidential. And that's, you know, just one of the ways that we do that. That sounds very superhero-esque. Um, and so taking a step outside of Synac and then into the industry as a whole, um, how do you work to blend creativity and promote innovation in an industry that has rather rigid guidelines? Yeah, I mean, I think you're, you're right. Cybersecurity is a very serious industry. It's one that hasn't actually innovated in, in um, quite some time, specifically in this space, which has been uh, much more consultative. Um, most companies that are performing security evaluations of their systems would traditionally bring in a an outside consultant like um, you know PwC or KPMG or Deloitte to to, to come in and and you know just help them over a, a short period of time understand where their flaws are. Um, we recognize pretty quickly that that just doesn't scale. Um, it's, it's a pure talent problem, um, and you're also relying on typically you know one or two individuals 
who have varying levels of expertise. You hope you get someone that's really talented, um, but a lot of times they're going to miss things. And so by having this crowdsourced model, we have a better chance of finding all the vulnerabilities and issues that matter um, and and ultimately keeping our customers more secure. So we've really thought about an outside of the box way of, of solving this problem, crowdsourcing and security those two words didn't belong in the same sentence before we started the company around eight years ago. Um, uh, today, I think crowdsourcing is actually becoming an industry best practice. And it's, it's, it's really the way that most companies are performing these security evaluations on their systems today. So it's been really transformative in how we've made um, chief security officers and, and, and heads of security departments rethink how they perform these security evaluations um, and embrace kind of this culture of uh, talent all over the world and unifying that talent on one in one central place um, that just gives them a better uh, better solution overall. Right. And speaking of current times, has COVID brought any unexpected challenges both to your company and the industry as a whole? Uh, COVID is interesting for us because of the fact that we have always been a company that has operated in a remote environment. Um, all of our hackers have uh, uh, worked all over the world. We we centralize them on our platform and we ultimately connect them to our customers. So this has actually been a bit of a boon to our business in that uh, traditionally a lot of security work was done on site. Uh, you brought in a consultant. You, you badge them um, in, you, you have them sitting inside of your office space, that's no longer a possibility. And so we've actually seen a huge increase in activity from our, our existing customers, um, new customers, and we've seen a, a huge increase in activity from our, our, our white hat hacker community around the world. Um, I think because they're just at home, they're looking for ways of augmenting their income. Um, and, uh, and I guess they have more time in the day not commuting uh, to do some of this work. So um, it's been a really exciting period time for our, our company. I think if you also shine light on the fact that the adversaries are getting more and more sophisticated um, and more focused on different types of attacks now that everyone is now working um, in this remote environment, uh, and I think more and more applications and network environments are being exposed outside of the, the enterprise firewall. Um, it's making performing security assessments that much more important across a broader portfolio of IT assets. And is this a trend that you foresee continuing post-COVID? Like, is this the next evolution in the market? Yeah, I mean, while I think COVID has certainly accelerated some of our momentum um, and you know, enabled us to to um, uh, acquire new customers faster and, um, and and grow our existing customer base. I don't expect customers to go back the other direction because I think they're the biggest thing for our business is that once a customer realizes how easy it is to engage with us and how effective it is, um, they they it really opens their eyes to the fact that like this is the right way to be doing security testing and they really um, don't, they, they never look back. So um, so I think it's amazing timing. Um, you know, we just are uh, off the heels of raising a fresh round of funding um, to help also accelerate some of the momentum and expand the team. And um, it's a really exciting period for our business. 
it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that evolves. And a final question for you before we wrap up, looking at the future of cybersecurity. Now, you mentioned that eight years ago, the words crowdsourced and cybersecurity wouldn't be found in the same sentence. Where do you see this industry headed and how is Synac prepared to meet it? So I, I believe that we are in the midst of a massive talent crisis in cybersecurity. Um, and there are just way too many open jobs in this in this sector um, and not enough people to fill them. So I think we're very uniquely positioned to help companies get through this talent crisis um, with this unique business model, at least as it relates to security testing and perhaps um, beyond. Um, we... We firmly believe that the best security talent will not be working nine to five in a cubicle inside of an office. Um, these are free-minded individuals who want the flexibility to work from wherever they want in the world, whenever they want. They also want the ability to work on projects that interest them, and they want diversity of, of projects and targets. And um, you know, we're we're able to provide that to these um, really talented technical people. Um, in a way that they never thought was possible and that our customers never thought was possible. And so so we're excited to be part of that movement. Um, I think also the broader theme of you know technology and people working together is incredibly important in this in this sector. Um, I don't think you can solve cybersecurity with artificial intelligence alone. Um, we we uh, frequently use the term augmented intelligence because of the fact that people need to make technology smarter and technology needs to make people more scalable. Um, and so the two really need to work together. Um, and so I think you're going to find a lot of companies continuing on that trend, um, whether it's not you know specifically focused on security testing, it could happen in, in a lot of different areas of the space. Um, but I think we are very well positioned to um, uh, be a part of the future of the cybersecurity solution. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what the future holds for us, but I think it looks really bright. Thank you so much, Jay. And before we wrap this episode up, if someone is listening right now and they're very interested in Synac, where should they go to learn more about you? Yeah, uh, you can either just visit our website at synac.com. That's S-Y-N-A-C-K.com. Synac actually comes from the uh, TCPIP three-way handshake, um, where when two computers make a connection with each other, they, they send that synchronized uh, packet and then the acknowledge packet. Um, and so for you know computer geeks like myself, you really understand that. But um, you can also just follow us on Twitter. Uh, we're at Synac. Um, and... Uh, you can find a number of different ways to contact us on either of those mediums. Perfect. And I will link that in the show notes so that will be easily accessible. Well, thank you again. Uh, this was wonderful. And I'm, I'm excited for our listeners to learn more both about the cybersecurity industry and uh, what you guys will be doing. Sounds great. Thanks so much again. It was great to be here. Thank you for listening to the You Should Know This podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing or sending us a quick five-star review. New episodes come out weekly, and we're excited to have you join us as we continue to learn about the companies and individuals who are shaping our future.